Hello and welcome to another episode of the 905er podcast with me, Roland Tanner. I am Joel McLeod. And uh, well, it's been a fu- fun week um, in Halton region. Uh, and uh, pleased to say, well, pleased to say in some ways, uh, very unhappy to say in other ways, uh, that we've been uh, at the forefront of it. And Joel, in particular, you've been taking a close interest in story in Halton Catholic District School Board um, over the uh, whether to pass a motion that would have have seen the pride flag fly over Halton's Catholic schools during uh, Pride Month, which is June. Um, the meeting was on Tuesday, Tuesday, no Monday evening, Monday evening, Mon- Monday evening, um, yes. and it was yeah, um, and it was uh, quite a thing. I understand. I'll frame it this way: a a, a, f- a friend and, and a colleague, I'll say. Uh, put, called it or declared it a circus of shame on uh, online, and I think it's an apt description. It was um, you and I have been in many uh, political settings, political debates, um, <clears throat> uh, heated debates in, in 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 politics, and I've never seen anything like what I saw on on Monday. Uh, to summarize. You, you, if you want to see a play-by-play, uh, go check out our, our Twitter stream. I live I, I live tweeted the entire event uh, and try to keep up as best I could with what happened. But long story short, um, again, it, it's very clear that this board does, uh, did not want to have this debate, did not want to 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 go down this this path at all, and rather than have an honest debate and have an honest discussion. Three, three trustees in particular basically just hijacked the, the entire meeting to try and use procedural wranglings, points of privilege, points of order, amendments, amendments to amendments, and general stall tactics to prolong the the meeting uh, or to pr- prolong the vote. It, it had to be one of the most juvenile behaviors of any elected official I have ever seen, I would say in this country, it was it was just an embarrassment from start to finish. Uh, that's the impression I got, and I, I had a meeting on Monday and a meeting on Tuesday, which means I haven't watched the proceedings, so my information is coming directly from your Twitter account, um, which actually, well, it seemed to give to me a, a pretty good uh, understanding of what was going on, which was. Now, it's not technically a filibuster in the American sense of the word as someone uh, speaking and standing up for hours on end, but it was a death by a thousand strokes of literally every single word and line in the in the motion kind of being picked apart, uh, being amended. And mm-hmm. you know what happened was there was no vote on the flag because by the time it got to the vote, the flag was already gone. That was my understanding. Well, well anyway. on, on that... That front, I mean, I think one of the most shocking twists of the night was what was presumably a, a progressive uh, trustee and, and someone who, in the, I mean, if this is the second meeting, in the previous meeting had vote, voted and made her intentions clear she wanted uh, the pride flag flown. For some reason, at this meeting, proposed an amendment which essentially gutted the entire original motion. Uh, Trustee uh, Janet O'Hearn uh, Zernata proposed, really, to me, it was out of left field. I, I had no, no idea this was coming, but she proposed an amendment that eliminated the 
flying of the flag entirely, uh, eliminated the safe space posters from every classroom, reducing it to just one poster in the school, and substituted the rest with training and equity, uh, uh, sorry, equity and, and inclusion training for executive and staff of the of the boards. And it was just, I mean, th- this was shocking. And then this this is what pretty much the rest of the night was debated on, nitpicking over these this mm-hmm. amendment, uh, which was just it, it was an embarrassment of epic proportions uh, for any Halton Catholic parent or student uh, on Monday night. So in essence, the the motion that was brought that uh, the parents delegated on, uh, and to be fair, the the delegates on both sides, for and against, delegated on, never even kind of got out of the starting blocks uh, to an extent um, because of the amendment that was brought. Um, The uh, and meanwhile, a this is a classic way that that, that um, elected bodies do business. Um, so it's not unusual. But the thing is, to, when we when you see this kind of thing in the raw, so to speak, um, it's so you realize how broken the system can be, you know, and how it can be used by people with really pretty malicious ends. It seemed to me. Now, I mean, I. I respect people's religious convictions but that didn't seem to be what was going on what we had was um one trustee in particular i think it's um trustee ian i have to correct me if i'm pronouncing this uh, wrong tomasi ian tomasi yeah yes um who again and again and again brought it back to things like the technicalities of flagpoles um, the costs of flags, uh, you know, what's going to cost a, a, a Halton taxpayer to pay for, um, you know, six foot of um, of acrylic cotton, <laughs> um, in just just um, incredibly kind of juvenile, by the way, and not addressing the actual issues um, at all. And, and then you get the kind of compromise, the traditional attempt at a compromise when there is no compromise on this. This was about a symbolic display com- uh, combined with some uh, important um, important statements of, of support and solidarity aimed at students and aimed at LGBTQ plus students in particular. What we've got instead is training for people who probably are, uh, well, as we're seeing subsequently, actually, the schools themselves, the people running the schools, the people who control the Twitter accounts anyway, don't have the problems that the trustees do because they're posting rainbow flags everywhere. Well, that, and you pointed that this I want, out today, and you can. Well, that's what something I wanted to bring up, and I'm glad that you did um, because this notion, and this was a, a theme that the trustees, uh, uh, you know, always came back to is, oh, we want to, we want to, to solve the problem. You know, do we need more, more inclusion and equity workshops and and seminars and, and all this nonsense? And within 24 hours of this travesty happening. Uh, every HCDSB high school, I, I don't know how many elementary, but a good deal. I've, I've, I've just, my Twitter feed has just been exploding with this stuff, um, are posting positive affirming LGBTQ plus messages to their students and to the families that go to their schools, that they are welcome, that they are included, and that they are valued members of their communities. I would argue that clearly this board of trustees, if what was on display wasn't a, an example of bigotry and homophobia, 
would, if it's not that, I would classify it as a gross sense of incompetence on their part for not being able to know what goes on in their schools. Um, the sense that this, that and this was another, another topic that was brought up by uh, trustees DeRosa and trustees Antomasi, that th this flag waving is a, it's a, it's a symbolic gesture that means nothing and doesn't get to the root cause of the issue of uh, presumably LGBTQ plus uh, uh, bigotry and homophobia within the last 24 hours. Um, the schools have shown that that is the last thing that happens in these schools. This, this flag would have been a, 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 a would have, would have been a, a, a far meaning, more meaningful gesture. It would have been a, a cap off of a, of clearly a, a movement by teachers and staff to try and, and make their, their places, uh, more accepting to, uh, to, to, uh, LGBTQ students, the, the, the root cause of this uh is the trustees it's their attitude uh you you can't play you, there, there's no middle ground on this topic you, you you can't there's no gray area to uh uh to negotiate with it's it's called human dignity basic human worth you either view the lgbtq plus students as valued members of your community or you don't and if you have to debate it you clearly don't uh and it's it's sad to see that there's a there's a a good chunk of of trustees who just don't get this, um, you know I I I, I don't see and, and I'm not sure it's yeah I, I'm not I'm not sure that it that this is something that's that's um, uh, reflected in in the electorate uh, at all really anymore um, or, or is vastly overwhelmed by by people who would would no. not be in agreement with the trustees. However, the trustees are not elected by an electorate that generally knows who they're voting for. But the people who do know what they're voting for are far more likely to be motivated by um, narrow religious interests, shall we say. And we know people like the Campaign Life Coalition are involved in campaigning for trustees, uh, particularly in the Catholic school boards. Uh, there's These things... Uh, going on that shouldn't be going on that have nothing to do with education that have nothing to do with a, a state-funded education system certainly um, um and you know i i was saying to a friend uh, yesterday you know it's like if the catholic school boards want to be abolished they're going the right way about it because with every time that these discussions happen more people are like this is this can't be tolerated anymore um i'm not sure that there's any party in Ontario at the moment that has the stomach to take the, the school's the issue party on. The says that they will, for what it's worth. The Green okay, Party. The so Green there's party one, in, one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you're, you're exactly right. If you, the, the, the following day, uh, after I went to bed, I, I went back through the Twitter, the Twitter thread. I was just curious to see what people might have replied to it. The overwhelming uh, messages uh, from the public at large was, why are we funding this? Why, why? Why do we have two systems if we have to deal with this all the time? And it's, you know, I, I sit there and I say, I, I don't have a, I don't have an answer for them. I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't have a justification anymore to say that this is a, a you know, as it, it's, it's so valued and in, in an important part of the Ontario education system. Like you and I did a, a did a quick, you know, we're not we're not constitutional lawyers by any stretch of the mm -hmm, imagination. Mm -hmm. But you and I were curious, like, what exactly does 
you know, the constitution say about this. And there's that, it never says explicitly, you must have a Catholic education system. Uh, it basically, it's, it's funny anything, because yeah, yeah. Carry on. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say it, it basically, it, it's almost written as a way for a province to get out of funding it. There, there are all these clauses written into the BNA act, which I find ironic because one of the trustees brought that forward and wanting to be amended into the, uh, into the, into the motion at one point. And I was thinking like, as we were like, have you actually read this thing? Like it, it doesn't say explicitly like you're protected from all else. And this is, this is, is, you know, your, your carte blanche, the, the, the act itself just says you can't infringe, but you have to make it equal to everybody. And there's actually, there is a clause where if you do want to get out of it, you write a letter to the governor general, the, the, the province writes a letter to the governor general and says, we don't want to do this anymore. And the governor general, I mean, the governor general just, just says, always says, okay, the governor general never, never vetoes anything. So whoever he or she may be, will say, well, no, I mean, okay. it, it's the, it's the governor general in the governor general and council, which basically means the federal government. Um, so, the, yes. so, you know, when, when, uh, it's the same provincially, it's the, it's the, uh, lieutenant, um, uh, lieutenant governor in in council I'm, uh, my brain's going blank on all the technical terms of canadian uh, <laughs> constitution <laughs> um however yeah so actually uh, ontario could at any time write to according to the british north america act could write to the federal government and say um in through the f- formula of the of the governor general and say we don't want catholic schools anymore can you take them away please and, and it's not like you say it's not um and I'm not a constitutional lawyer, but ironically, I was in a long distant time a constitutional historian. Um, so I've read a lot of laws over the years. And this, what I had been led to understand was that there's this kind of cast iron, there shall be Catholic schools rule in the constitution, which I never quite understood given that Ontario is the only one. Um, but, but there we are. Um, and that's nothing like that. It just says you can't treat Catholics and Protestants, as as was the concern in 1867, um, differently. So, so the minority, you know, the minorities have rights mm-hmm. in the province where they are the minority. Um, yes. But it, it no, yeah, like you say, it says nowhere it says there shall be Catholic schools or any other kind of schools. Uh, and it also well, says quite clearly, to my mind, that what mattered was what existed in 1867, not 2021. Well, we um, we have precedent in this country of Quebec and Newfoundland have done away with their uh, religious schoolings. They 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 uh, Newfoundland passed a, a referendum. Quebec legislated them out uh, to stop funding. They have carried on, and nobody's batted an eye at Quebec or Newfoundland for that. Uh, you, you said Ontario is the only one. I believe Alberta is the other province in confederation, but you know, two out of 10 provinces, uh, having Catholic education, right. that, yep. that, that's not, a, that's not a huge, uh, uh mountain to, to climb on this, the, what happened in no, Ontario. Uh, yeah, sorry. Well, I was just gonna say what happened, what happened Monday night, uh, is it, it was a travesty. It was an embarrassment. It was, it was disgusting. There's no, there's no defense of it. There's no, there's no way around it. And you're you're right. If they want to keep going down this road, they want it, they want to wrap themselves in the Bible, and say that we have some kind of divine mandate from high up above to to educate our students as we want. At some point, the public will 
will break. At some point, the, the straw will break the camel's back and the public will say, this is enough. We don't care. We don't care if you're Catholic. We don't care what the constitution says, uh, which we just said, there's, there are outs. The public will, will be there. I would caution uh, trustees who think I'm wrong, the upcoming election, provincial election, uh, we are heading into a massive deficit uh, due to COVID. It's going to take some real, uh, real, real clever thinking about what do we cut to to start paying off this debt and to start getting the finances in order. The other problem is uh, the Minister of Education, Stephen Lecce, has really done a number on the education system, which will take a lot of repairs to get fixed. Some provincial party looking to make a name for themselves at campaign time might find it very advantageous to say, yeah, I'll, I'll just do away with the Catholic system. We're just going to have one board for everyone publicly funded uh, uh, across the way. And if you, you think, oh, they won't do it. They can't do it. It's not right. It, it's, it, it doesn't make sense. Um, wait and see. Somebody will do it at some point. All right. I'm going to call it quits on that, on that, uh, uh, topic because we're coming up to the halfway point. Well, I just uh, actually, I just like to ask, add. Oh, sure. Yeah, I'd like to add just one final thing, actually, on that, um, which is just to say thank you to all the teachers and the people in the schools who have posted tweets and comments uh, saying everyone is welcome. Bishop Reading School, is it? Uh, correct me if yep. again. I'm, yep. I'm, I don't have children, so I'm not an expert on schools. Um, congratulations to them, Holy Trinity, uh, uh, Assumption, um, and uh, Ignatius of Loyola, um, a whole bunch of teachers. Congratulations to you for doing the right thing, for standing up for your students, for your gay, lesbian, transgender students, um, students of all kinds, um, and making it clear that what was done by the school board trustees was completely unacceptable. Uh, so well done to you. And so, yeah, let's move on to <laughs> happier things, maybe. Probably not happier things. Probably something else that we're going to moan about. You got an injection this week. Uh, I did. Apparently I did. there's a uh, disease floating around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I got um, uh, I, I got a, uh, I got my COVID shot, my AstraZeneca COVID shot. It was, uh, it was, I mean, it, the whole process leading up to it was a, was a gong show. Uh, as, as soon as they, as, as, I, I, as soon as the, the word came down that 40 plus could get AstraZeneca, which I believe was because they had a bunch on the shelf and they're worried that they're going to go bad. So they said, well, let's just, get, let's just lower the, lower the rate, the age limit. Um, I, I immediately went on and started clicking around on the, on the portals and the pharmacies to find a, find a spot. I started following um, the Vax Hunters Canada Twitter feed to find that, and I found a few spots to uh, to put in. I, I must have been on about eight or nine waiting lists for COVID for a COVID nineteen shot. Luckily, uh, I got in one of the first ones that I, I did sign on to uh, here in Burlington. They they said, "Up, oh, we got a spot." Actually, it happened when we were recording our episode with uh, uh, Ashley Comrie. That happened on Tuesday when we were recording it. I got it an did. Email. It did. I, I left it in. Yeah, I, did, I didn't yeah. cut it out. So there's evidence. <laughs> yeah, of I, you I was receiving saying, your. Uh, I, I, and I, I'll apologize to uh, to our listeners. I must have sounded completely unprofessional, but I was just like, okay. Appara- apparently, I got it. Like, here's the thing: like you, you had to put in all the information yourself. 
you know, I, I had to go in and find my, my family doctor and I had to put, put in the, the number for the clinic that I, 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 I go to, I had to get my punch in my own health card number. And I thought, don't they already have this information? Like it's government issued information. Why, why, why am I having to register this to get my, the government mandated, I guess it's not mandated, but the, the, the government wants me to get this. Why is it that I have to jump through all these hoops to get it? Um, so I, I mean, that's what I spent that recording doing and I got in, got the, the shot. It was easy peasy, walked in, they sat me down, checked off some, you know, do you have blood pressure, that kind of stuff and, uh, answered quickly. They jabbed me in the arm and I hung around for 15 minutes to make sure I didn't pass out. I didn't went home and I thought I was a okay fine. I thought I was, a I, I, I felt a okay and no problem. And then. It was funny. You and I were chatting last night just about podcast business, and all of a sudden, it was like a switch in my body turned on, and my my finger my fingertips. That's my the chip. Just, That's when it was activated. You know. <laughs> well, so I, you know, I'm expecting my Wi-Fi to uh, just be through the roof, but we're waiting for that to happen. That's it. It's, but but yeah. it's just like it, it now really the Bill Gates switch. is directly into your head. <laughs> <laughs> maybe but so uh, i shouldn't I mean, even I, joke about it should i yeah <laughs> no it's because it's so preposterous it's pre, it's a, the most ridiculous thing i have ever heard but it was like i my 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 fingernail my fingertips started getting cold my toes started getting cold i started getting sweats and i was just like what's going on okay this, this must be the side effects so i, I logged off uh, with you and i went upstairs climbed into bed this went like 9 30 at night uh climbed into bed and I was just shivering underneath my covers, just head to toe, just shivering. And my wife was laying next to me and she said, like, you were, you were like shivering and sweating and moaning all night, uh, just laying, laying there. And I, I'll be honest, I, I, I felt like shit. Like it, it felt, it felt like I, like I had a bad case of the flu. Um, right. Yeah. I, I woke up at about one o'clock, uh, the shake, the shakes were gone, but I still had the sweats and I was tossing and turning all night and woke up this morning and I felt like I you know, felt like you, you, you had that day after you get through the flu that, you know, if you have the flu the day after you just need that one extra day to, to kind of kick it. That's, that's what I mm-hmm. felt like. Um, I feel better now. Um, I, and I, if anyone's wondering, um, I do endorse it. I do say, go get your COVID <laughs> shot. If your, if your number comes up, do not turn it away. This is a normal, a, a normal thing. I, I've asked my friends who are also getting the AstraZeneca vaccine, uh, they said they all went through a similar experience, varying degrees, of course, but, um, yeah, it, it's a, it's, it's just kind of one that it's kind of like a small term, long, short term gain, sh- sorry, short term pain for a long term gain, uh, is how I, how I viewed it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and feeling, feeling under the weather actually, I guess proves, proves it's working because that's, that's your immune system going, Hey, we need some antibodies in the room here. Let's, let's get to building some. So uh, it's it's the it's the miracle of biology or, or whatever, but it feels it doesn't mean it doesn't feel crummy at the time. Um, but it it, it makes you know it, it, well, just before we came on, we were kind of chatting about some of this, and um, it makes the again the, the point about the the sick day situation with the government being so completely upside down, back to front. Uh, 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 the the you know people having to take days off work. I know the teachers are losing sick days because uh, when they go to get vaccinated, they have to treat that as a sick day. 
Um, now, they have sick days, so they're ahead of many people. However, they are having to take a negative consequence for doing what the government wants them to do, which is not give COVID to kids, thanks very much. Um, which, which just seems crazy to me. And then we have now, the, you know, the provinces caved because they do cave because they're very weak um, to some form of sick paid sick pay, but it's not real paid sick pay um, because it's being uh, attached to the federal system and it's not employer paid um, sick pay. Um, and there's a reason why it's important that, 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 that employers support this rather than than um, it being a kind of subsidy uh, that people have to apply for or people have to do whatever. And that's that businesses are already paying people to be at work. Um, I, I don't get this logic that there's a massive burden on businesses when they pay people to to stay home, basically. It's like, well, either you can pay for a potentially ill person or a definitely ill person to be on your production line or in your office or whatever, um, in which case you're paying to spread sickness, or you can pay them and they stay home. The dollar amount is the same to you. You're no worse off or better off, um, and you're probably going to lose a lot less. You're going to have a lot less disruption if you keep people with COVID-19 out of your, your office. So this is something that happens the world over. It's such a non-controversial issue in most of the Western world that when people are ill, they are able to um, look after themselves and not be punished for being ill. Uh, and of course, the, the uh, premier is currently enjoying that very privilege himself, taking many days off work or many days away from the office, at least we'll say, um, because he's been exposed to COVID-19. Uh, and you know, we're seeing here, even with the vaccinations, that you, know, you probably would have in many ways deserved a sick day today um oh, you yeah. got your vaccination you're doing what society wants you feel like crap you're not going to do good work anyway well i stay I, the hell I, home. I did i did pretty much take the day off i mean I, I i i just i didn't have it in me to do anything my head wasn't clear to do any work but you're right um if we're going to we, we need people to get vaccinated we need people to get this shot so that we can lift all the restrictions, stop doing the lockdowns, businesses can reopen, we can go uh we can go back to to a a a more robust life than what we currently are doing now. But to do that we might have to tell people, yeah, take 24 hours, take 48 hours off, go to go get your shot. If people are thinking to themselves, I can't afford the time off, I'll just wear the mask and hope that the guy next to me doesn't have covid it's going to take so much longer to get everybody vaccinated and we just, we don't have the time to do it. We, we just, and again, it goes back to this, this government just doesn't have a plan to address this. The, the government, you know, it's always somebody else's problem. Oh, you're, you know, you don't get vaccinated. Well, that's on you. Well, some people can't afford to take the day off work. Some people are sitting there, they're living paycheck to paycheck, especially in like the regions of Peel. They sit there and say, I, I, I want to get my vaccine, my vaccine, my, my COVID shot, but I can't afford two days off of work to, you know, to sit there and, and do the shakes and the, and the, the chills just to get it in my system, <laughs> to get my body, uh, uh, you know, trained to fight COVID that takes time and you might, you know, you're not going to do that. Um, I do, I, I am going to play the devil's advocate here go back to a point that you just said about, um, 
businesses not being paid to work in in an office setting. Yeah, a, a business you're going to pay somebody to either stay home or not. Or, or not. Uh, in a wage setting, I know this because I've been a manager of uh, of restaurants in the past. If somebody doesn't come in, you have to find somebody to fill that that spot. Otherwise, your productivity just goes down the tubes. So you do need to have somebody come in to fill that. So you get you basically you end up paying for an extra wage of somebody who does not work, and that comes out of your day's profits. That's the small, and that's that is a small business issue, and it's a very real one. However, I have seen online uh, the the simple math of you pay somebody a minimum wage job. It may, yeah, it may cost you what one hundred and twenty five dollars a, a day, depending on on the shift. So if an eight hour day or, or, or whatever have you, it might cost you one hundred and twenty five in wages and and whatnot. It costs the government four thousand dollars a day in uh, ICU costs for for somebody on COVID or somebody on 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 in an ICU bed. You know. Do the math. It's a better investment just to tell somebody here. I'll pay you 115 or 125 bucks. Stay at home, sleep it off, come into work tomorrow. If that means we have to reimburse the small business owner, I'm okay with that. I'll be honest. I couldn't care less about Walmart or Amazon. They they won't even know that they have to pay 125 dollars in wages to uh, a warehouse worker or uh, or whatever have you. The small business guy, I get it, uh, and that's where I would I would I would argue that you could send in a, a subsidy to them to help pay for that. But again, this government doesn't get it. I mean, we were told this was going to be the greatest sick leave pay in North America, Roland, the greatest. And what did we get? I mean, this is just straight up three the Trump playbook, isn't it? It is. But we got three, yeah. three magical days off. Um, Yukon, Yukon territories has 10, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's, I'll be honest. It's the same. It's the same uh, uh, behavior that Doug Ford is giving us, the the people of Ontario. It's the same behavior that the HCDSB trustees gave uh, the the parents and students and faculty of their schools. It was dismissive. It was uninformed. It was unintelligent. It was disgraceful. It is. It's clear you're in it for yourselves. It is. It's it's it's. I'm trying I'm trying to use polite language, but I really can't. And all I can say is, there will be a reckoning. Election election season. I gotta believe that there will be a reckoning. That people will just say enough is enough, and we're not going to take it anymore. I hope so, and I hope our crazy electoral system doesn't screw it up for the vast majority of people who never voted for this government in the first place. Um, yeah. Uh, this is a stupid government. You know, it's a government that makes stupid decisions for stupid reasons with no real, you know, it, it, it well, I'm going to call them stupid because they will call people like me, you know, elites or snobs or, you know, the fact that I worked hard and got an education is somehow a bad thing with people like me. So they've done that for 20 years. So I'm going to call them thick because they're bloody idiots. They don't know what they're doing. They're incompetent. They don't understand the simplest uh, argument, not the simplest maybe, but if an argument takes more than two minutes to explain, they're not going to understand it and they're going to be against it because they're not very bright people. And I'm sick of it. We need to elect people with actual bloody brains. You know what what we need? We need to elect people with empathy. Um, Because 
it, it's clear this government does not care about anyone but itself. Doug Ford, like every every minister I've seen step up to the microphone just has no idea what the rest of us are going through. They 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 are just so removed from what the chaos that they are wreaking on the ground. They do not know the 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 stress of going into work. They don't understand the the disruptions in our education system. They don't understand the stresses that they're putting on our healthcare system. They don't understand the plight of small businesses that are trying to make it in the world and are asking for help or guidance or a path forward. They don't get it because they don't care and they don't want to care. They are we we are collateral damage to them on their own fantasy of what they what they what they want to do. I don't know what it is, but clearly we are not part of that equation. And the irony is of all the rhetoric that comes from the right wing about elites and uh, people being out of connection and them being for the little guy and all that garbage is everything they do, everything they say speaks to people who've never had to fight for a damn thing in their lives. I'm sure, I know there are exceptions to that. But when I look at Doug Ford, I see a rich kid who never had to struggle and who was just always told that he was wonderful. Doug, you're just doing so great. Uh, here, inherit a business. Here, you can run the province. Here, you, you know, it's... Anyway, I look at all those those front benches, those ministers who've just abjectly failed to do a damn thing. Um, Merrily Fullerton, um, I mean, the list goes on. Lecce, these are people who've fallen into jobs, and the same goes for uh, um, I can't even remember his blasted name. The former leader of the of the Federal Conservatives, um, I've, I've blanked him out of my mind because uh, he was so Andrew awful. Oh, here's a kid. Andrew Shear, yeah. This is a guy who'd never yeah. done anything in his life, never had a proper job, who thought to lecture us on 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 how uh, things should be run uh, and how he understood the, the people in a way that, that other parties don't. It's like, you guys have had it easy and your whole careers are based around defending your, your privilege. I know this phrase gets used an awful lot now and there's probably some people who just roll their eyes when they hear the word privilege. But it is. These are very privileged people who have it easy, defending their ability to have it easy. And uh, I'm sick and tired of it because they have screwed up so badly in the last year. Uh, well, and what, what, yeah. what frustrates me is that you have, and again, I'm going to inco- I'm going to throw it back into the the HCDSB situation here locally. You have people asking for help. You have people coming up to them saying, "We want recognition. We need help. We need you you to use your power." As, a, as our elected representative to help us. We are in trouble. We are hurting. We are scared. Help us make it better. And instead what we get is no, because I can't, I can't imagine what it's like to be you. I, I, I can't imagine what it would be like to be in your shoes. And not only that, I don't want to, I, I don't want to learn what it would be like to, 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 be a small business person and feel the responsibility of employing people so that they can live or to, to put food on your table and a roof over your children's heads to have an education system that you can rely on is going to teach your kids how to be upstanding citizens and contributing members of society that when you walk into a public space, you are welcomed and you are valued and you, you know where your place is. They they don't want to to hear this story. They they don't want to extend 
that understanding to these people uh, or to us as, as, as human beings, because they just can't be bothered. We're not, we are not worth their time. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I mean, we, we've, we're probably reaching, reaching our limit. Uh, and I was uh, just about to dive into another uh, rant, but um, we have to do better than this. Uh, we have to do better than, than the school board. We, we can't have meetings like that anymore. We can't have politicians like this anymore who are, who are, disconnected who who treat us with contempt when I mean, the contempt of, of the trustees not to stand up and say i am against the pride flag i don't want it to be flown i'm going to vote no fine you're entitled to that you're elected to make those decisions you can vote that way i'm going to disagree with you but you can do that but they didn't do that they talked about the cost of flagpoles they talked about the right of this line or that line to be in they talked about procedural issues because they think we're morons um, and because they, they, they don't have, they know their argument sucks. They know they will lose it in a straight fight. And so they're going to try and win on technicalities. Uh, and that is an example that just happens every day in every political forum in this country and in countries across the, the world. Uh, and that's the way our democracy works right now. And it's not good enough anymore to accept that. Um, we have democracy, but it's not a good enough democracy. We can do so much better. Um, and yeah, uh, I, I will, as we approach the 40 minute mark, I will yeah. call time on it. But yeah, well, time's we will, up, uh, guys. Let's, we'll let's be follow, do better. We'll be keeping an eye on, uh, on the, the uh, school board story as it unfolds over the uh, coming weeks and months, I'm sure. And of course, COVID is not going anywhere. So we'll be following that as it, as it develops, but thank you very much everyone for listening uh, to this today's episode of the 905er. We'll be back on Tuesday. Take care. That's it for this episode of the 905er. Thank you for listening. As always, you can send us your feedback, thoughts, and concerns, or ideas for future episodes to our email, info at 905er.ca. We'd love to hear from you. You can help us keep the 905er going by financially supporting us through Patreon as well as PayPal. Visit us at 905er.ca and click on the support tab. As well, links are in the show notes for your convenience. Lastly, you can find us on social media. Search for the underscore 905er on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So long for now. See you next time. to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness then check out the natural man podcast join me host mike c as we explore all areas of human wellness physical mental and emotional 
Learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health. Remember, your doctor works for you. Learn biohacks, neurohacks, ways to improve sleep, and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain App, and at naturalmanpodcast.com.